0: AOPA presents Never Again, True Pilot Stories from the World of General Aviation. In today's episode, there's lots of stories in aviation about not having enough fuel. But when do you have too much? Find out in Parallax Doesn't Lie by Carmen Mowbray. At one time, our entire family of six weighed about 660 pounds, fully dressed for Montana's weather. We'd pack our 1978 Piper Turbo Lance, fasten the four kids' seatbelts, and fly someplace on a free weekend. With a turbocharged 300-horsepower Lycoming, anything was possible. The club-style seating was great once the kids agreed on an arrangement for their eight legs in the passenger area. When a Labor Day weekend opened up with no obligations, we decided to fly to Meadow Creek a 2,800-foot turf field next to the Bob Marshall Wilderness in northwest Montana. We'd camped there several times, beginning as a young couple flying our 135-horsepower tripacer. Now we were eager to share the experience with our kids. With attention to power loading and winds, Meadow Creek is manageable for most GA aircraft, It's recommended that landings and takeoffs are to the north to avoid rough surface, tall trees, and ascending terrain at its south end. Northbound departures put you over a broad drop-off, and you're heading downstream over the south fork of the Flathead River if density altitude exerts a heavy hand on your climb-out. In the backcountry, one heeds pioneer mountain pilot Bob Johnson's 100-foot rule. His pilots were to get their aircraft down "'in the first hundred feet. "'Land short. "'Whatever's behind you is wasted,' he said. "'Our plan to depart early in still air "'had given way to holiday casualness. "'Years of enjoying these mountain trips without incident "'probably led us to be complacent this time. "'It was my husband's turn to fly, "'and by the time I latched the cabin door, "'it was well past noon. "'We ignored the fact the airplane had full tanks.' excessive fuel for the 25-minute hop over the Mission and Swan mountain range. The flight began in smooth air. The kids became unsettled as the wind started tossing us around east of the first ridge. I watched patches of sunlight racing down the mountainsides. Although dramatic and colorful, it became a jarring ride. I bagged my camera and tightened my seatbelt again. Sighting the field, we descended, expecting the turbulence to abate. It didn't. Like many mountain strips, there's a windsock at each end of the runway, and pilots should check them both, hoping for some level of agreement before setting up an approach. Today's wind favored a southbound landing, not a preferred setup in case of a go-around with those 70-foot trees at the end. My husband flew a non-standard pattern, sidling the limestone ridge close to the east side of the field, extending downwind, and then made a U-turn for a long, stabilized final approach. He lowered the gear. We were suddenly over the field. We'd expected the trees lining the field to tame the surface winds, but the wind had become demonic, flattening the prairie grass in the direction we were speeding. We blew past Bob Johnson's land short threshold. With full flaps, our airspeed read 65 knots, but the turf rushed under us much faster. We knew we couldn't stop by the rough end of the field, nor by the approaching forest barricade. My husband pushed the prop and manifold pressure full forward, bled some flap, and pulled up. The land started a sluggish climb, not enough to feel in the seat of my pants. The stall horn howled. Trees filled the windshield. My unblinking eyes opened wide, trying to will more space between us and the trees. Parallax doesn't lie. It told us we were tree-bound with no more power to add, no airspeed to coax and to climb. From our nose-high position, I expected to hear the sound of trees crunching aluminum, but all I sensed was a hush. We seemed to be flying inside a hole in the air. I could see the needles of pine, spruce, and tamarack branches as they passed on both sides. From within this void, I watched the dark trees drain from the windshield as it slowly filled with sky. I became aware of the roar of engine filling the cabin. Our airspeed increased. There was no more stallhorn. Loaded as it was that day, We were asking the lands to deliver us safely with a weight that did not allow a safe go-around into ascending terrain. The experience glowers at me still, a stern teacher. With an hour's fuel reserve, we only needed half-full tanks. Our excess fuel was nothing more than a wallowing 300 pounds of useless weight. Departing after mountain winds turned volatile was another factor— tallying up on the liability side of the safety balance sheet. The Never Again podcast is brought to you monthly by AOPA, the Aircraft Owners and Pilots Association. You can find more Never Again stories online at aopa.org by typing never again into the search box. While you're there, check out the AOPA mobile app as well as the many free training and safety courses from the Air Safety Institute. Find all of this and more at aopa.org. The Never Again podcast is produced by Royce Earle. Thanks for listening. Fly safely.